0: hello everybody and um, welcome to episode 90 of the stacy west podcast it, that, that's that's
1: a big number and that scared me a little bit hasn't it gary has it? I don't know. You've taken me by surprise. I was a bit Chris Kamara-y there. Has it been? I don't know. <laughs> I saw I we'd mean, got it's... to eighty nine. Have we got to ninety, Ben? I must have missed that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but <laughs> it's just it, it. It kind of when the number changes at the start, it's a bit like oh, that's another that's another ten down. But yeah, we're we're not that far from uh, from a hundred now, which is is a little bit uh, considering it was one. You know, we sort of we thought we'd give it a go at the start. It's uh, it's 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 carried on quite a while, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think what's also you know, con- not concerning, but when you think we've missed two weeks here, three weeks there over pre Um and also, mm. you know, we were hoping to do something um, ambitious for the 100 uh, along the lines of the one that we did with Michael, but I think thanks to that bastard COVID, uh, we mm. probably won't be doing that. It, it will be more than likely just me and you sat at our computers, potentially. Yeah. Might do some at the house. Could open a bar, get some socially distanced seats <laughs> on the garden, hope that the neighbours don't call the popo.
0: <laughs> I mean, that, that could be a plan. Um, well, you know, we'll, we'll figure something out because I know, um, I know there was there was some talk at the club definitely of uh, of trying to do something. So, um, but yeah, I think this is this is we're getting to the point where it's nearly two years as well, which is uh, you know that obviously makes sense with it being number one hundred. So that's.
1: Uh, yeah, That's wow. interesting. Anyway, we must have done quite a few then, where we've done a couple in a week. Because I mean, we've we've, yeah. we've kind of stumbled through this summer, probably doing kind of five in ten, twelve weeks. So we yeah. must, have, yeah, we've been pretty consistent, haven't we?
0: Um, well, I mean, yeah, there was there was the week where you know, obviously the live one was was split into two. We had a yeah. couple of others where we did you know stuff in the, at the club, and then we had another one. After the fact, so did yeah, we number the Moses swayboo ones?
1: Did we number that as well? No, no, okay.
0: No, that was a that was a sort of special and it uh, didn't get numbered. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, nearly two years of, of sitting here talking nonsense about Lincoln City,
1: and I don't even know um, if you look any older because I haven't seen you in months. No, that's very true. I mean, i
0: my, i I did get my I did get my mop chopped the other day. It was uh, it was somewhat unruly, and yeah, I also got my beard. Taken down a notch as well because that was getting to almost getting to your levels.
1: I'll be, I'll be uh, honest, right? When I have a beard and my beard grows quite long because of the colour, people look at me and think uh, lumberjack or something like that. But your beard, <laughs> to be fair, was getting a bit of sarmery wasn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was getting. I mean, it was getting a bit ridiculous. You you
1: suit um, a tight anyway, yes, you suit clearly, a tighter it? beard, Ben. As a fashion, uh, as, com- as a completely yeah. unfashionable man, <laughs> uh, not in a, a homosexual way at all. But I think that you do suit quite a, a tighter beard. I don't think clean shaven suits you. I think I think a man with hair on his face always looks uh, <laughs> acceptable. So yeah, I think a, a tighter beard. But don't go don't go all baby bum on me.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm definitely not doing that for a while. But right. uh, I mean, it it's been it has been something of an exciting week hasn't it, um, in terms of you know things happening at the club um and things rumored to be happening at the club, but we'll come on to those in a bit, but we've got a new captain
1: we have, and that has been confirmed. I mean, I obviously speculated in a video on Friday um that uh he would be named Captain. I think Michael has since confirmed that, uh, and what that does it goes mm-hmm. somebody pointed it out on social media. it goes some way. Um, to proving that football fans occasionally just need to hold back when their fingers are on their keyboard or their phone. Because uh, Liam Bridcutt was named captain or, or was was pictured as captain uh, on a treadmill or something like that right early on at the beginning of the pandemic. And there was uproar. It's Lee Frecklington's the captain. It's disrespectful. Like, I I think I might even have commented on it. But in actual fact, that's almost, it's like foreshadowing, isn't it? And, um, Mm. you know, now looking back at it, you think "Ah, maybe that was quite a good move. Michael giving Liam that with the future in mind, kind of let's make him captain now. Let's let's it's almost like having a girl round to your house and and kind of laying out the red carpet in the hope that three weeks later she's going to come back round and you'll get some. (laughs) <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, let's build him up. Let's let's really kind of massage his ego kind of thing. And yeah, because we didn't need to name a lone player captain at that stage because football, I think, had already stopped. So it was interesting. But, yeah, we've mm. got our captain now. Um, I, I, I don't know about you. I spent some time looking at some of the video clips uh, from his time. And bear in mind, he only played five games for us. He played well, didn't he, in those five games? mm.
0: Yeah, he did. I think the um, I think the, the the overwhelming feeling was that he had that uh, you know he had that steel and he had that bite in him that that we kind of needed at the time you know to to steady the ship. Um, I think there was there's, there's probably not much of a coincidence in that um, you know when when Liam came in uh, before I think it started to results started to take that bit of an upward trend. Um, I know we were a lot of people were kind of very critical at the point where um you know we got to and it was we weren't winning that many games you know we were on a bit of a slide but then a few signings came in and things just started to click before you know just before everything kind of went into lockdown but um it, it there's no coincidence to me that, that that kind of coincided with his his arrival in the squad um and his arrival as captain so i think in terms of the uh, in terms of the signing of him, obviously signing, I believe it's a two-year deal. I think that was confirmed on Radio Lincolnshire. Um, you know, to, to bring in a player of his stature for, for a couple of years, um, to you know to make him the captain uh, is is a phenomenal signing by all involved at the club. I think he's well. We saw what he was capable of. Um, at the time, you know, he was he was he putting some very, very hard tackles. He put in some, you know, some excellent performances in the middle of the park, kind of keeping hold of the ball and, and getting it out to the wings and, you know, making the balls that that, uh, that enabled really uh, the attacking moves as well. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm so excited to have him back at the club and I'm really, really happy that, you know, we've got this, we've got the captain um, that that I think we, we kind of hoped that we'd get.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at, as you say about results, he came in, um he made his debut, I think, when we lost 1-0 to Rotherham. And bear in mind, Rotherham are now a championship club and I thought that night, to be honest, we deserved something out of the game. It wasn't just Bridcut, but, you know, our midfield um that night was, I think, Bridcut, Morel, mm. George Grant played, Harry Anderson played. You know, there's, there's only one player in there that we haven't got next season, which is Morel and you've got Grandals or Jones to sit in there. Now, yeah, I firmly believe that that was a decent performance from us. Um, I think Tom Hopper came on late on and Anthony Scully, but that you saw the basis of the side going forward next season in, in that. Uh, we then drew one all with MK Dons. He scored that absolute stunner. I thought he was excellent against MK Dons. I didn't see the game away at Accrington. Mm-hmm. 0-0 against Gillingham was a fight. I criticised him a little bit because he gave the ball away late on. I think he tried to do something a bit too fancy and, uh, and Tao Eden ended up getting sent off for... A, a challenge he didn't need to make had Bridcut put his foot through it. Um, but, you know, for me, yeah, he's a cut above. You know, in 2013, I think it was, Gus Poyer was manager of Brighton and said, Bridcut's good enough to play. If I went to Real Madrid, I'd take Liam Bridcut with me. You know, Sunderland have paid seven figures for him. Forrest have played, paid seven figures for him. Leeds have paid seven figures for him. Okay, he's 31 now. Um, but he's consistently, consistently been around good coaches, good managers. Good players, mm. and I think you know. There's as much what he what he brings to the side is 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 50 percent what he's going to do on the field, which is like you've just said. Um, you know, he's going to add that bite. He's going to add that steal, He's going to be box to box. He's going to look to put challenges in. I'd heard somebody say Conor McGrandles needs an experienced player next to him to help him with positioning. You've got a 31 year old that's played you know at the very highest level of the game. Uh, but it's also what he brings off the field as well. You know, you're talking here about a player who played 123 league games, I think, for Brighton, um, mm. who played in the top flight for Sunderland. Um, you know, he, he never, I don't think he actually made a first team appearance for Chelsea. Um, but he needs to prove himself as well because since 2015 in the league, uh, he's not actually played that many games. He played uh, 45 for Leeds, 24 for Forest. Um, and then however many played for Bolton as well. So, you know, he's got something to prove to himself. He obviously doesn't need to come here and worry about earning a massive crust. Um, but let's also point out that this is a massive boost for Michael Appleton because he won't be feeling the pressure, but fans have been laying the pressure on. You know, even I was getting a yeah. little bit squeaky bum when a couple of players this, this week kind of signed elsewhere. Uh, and just to finish the week off with this, it's almost, you know, I'm not going to talk about one of the players because he went a few weeks ago, and I know you want to mention him. But the two that left at the end of the week, you think, well, there's two players who might have added something to the squad this season. They've gone, and suddenly you've got a player who You know, if he stays fit, he'll play 46 games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the that's the other thing as well. Like the in uh, in the interview that you did um, coming in, he said that he had, uh, you know, he, he could have quite easily. Gone elsewhere and earn more money, and I know, I, I know that when players say that, it's kind of, you know, it, it's obviously a soundbite for the fans to to latch on to, sort of a bit like I'm doing here and saying, oh, you know, well he could have done this, and you know, all the rest of it. But um, I think the fact is that he said that, you know, he he kind of had a um, a, a more, I don't know, I don't want to use the word deeper, but like kind of a, a better relationship than most would have with, you know, with a manager um when it comes to michael so um it sounds like you know the, the groundwork was at least put in place um during that loan period um and i think you know from from the sounds of it he's he's definitely kind of got his heart in the right place when it when it comes to you know to playing for the club so um as i say i'm i'm really excited to see kind of where we go with uh, with Liam as, as captain. So, yeah.
1: I think what I've um, got to say is I got really enthusiastic last season about Jack Payne and look what happened. Uh, I think the, di- <laughs> the difference here is that we've got a player who we've already seen. Um, now, And I also, yeah. you know, and I was going to write an article about this, but I, I, I've not really had time. I also think that it's you know a step forward in terms of recruitment. And when you look at, at like 2016-17 and to a degree 2017-18, We were bringing in players that were really easy for fans to identify with because, Mm -hmm. you know, Terry Horkridge come across as a working class bloke who had fought his way up through the ranks. And, you know, Danny really liked his players with his non-league background. And you you think about your Woodyards and your Habergams and your Matt Reeds. Um, And, you know, even to a degree, when we made big signings, there were the likes of, John Akinde, who was a journeyman who had battled his way through, or, or Lee Frecklington, who was coming back home, and there was all this, rela- you know, the relatability was there. It could have been you mm. or I that had been playing non-league football who had worked our way through. Yeah, I'm not, but you know what I mean. I'm not saying you <laughs> or I, because we, I think, both shit. Um, but, he- <laughs> but, yeah. and when we came into League One, and, and some of these players that were relatable were leaving, and I'm right up to the end of the season. I'm talking now, Tom Pett. For instance, mm. you know, loads of people loved Petty because he was a great guy. He was down to earth. You could you could chat to him. You know, he was on. He, he was relatable um, because he'd come through Weymouth and he, uh, and and wherever else he had been as well. Potter's Bar, I think it was. Um, and that kind of era is ending. And some people and the players that we're signing now, I'm sure they're nice guys, but they're coming from a different level of football. And I'm not just talking about Liam Bridgecourt, I'm talking about. Teo Eden, Max Melbourne, Anthony mm. Scully. You know, I'm talking about players that are coming from um, higher levels down and they're footballers. They're not footballers done good, not footballers battled their way up from the bottom and, and kind of, you know, that, that small, not, not small team mentality, but, you know, that it's, it's a different mentality. And I know that we can point at Conor McGrandalls um, as, a, as a probably a, against that, but let's not forget he was signed by Norwich City for nearly a million. Even James mm. Jones has been linked with moves to the Championship 750,000. This recruitment, yeah. in terms of the type of player, is a step up. I'm not saying in terms mm. of ability. I'm not saying that these players are better than the ones we had. That would be completely disrespectful. I wouldn't say that. We've had some fantastic years. But you can see the shift in mentality towards the type of target that we're going for.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think to be honest, that, that's... I, I said a while ago, and I think you, you pulled me up and said, you know, it, it seemed a bit, maybe a bit harsh, but I think that there was that, cha- that, there was that change, there was that shift in um, in the mentality of like kind of for three years, we had almost like a, you know, small club done good kind of thing. And then um, obviously we had the change in management and Michael's come in and he's, he's sort of, I I think at the time I used the word proper club and it's like, no, that's not what I meant. But like, you've kind of got, like you say, you've got that shift in terms of, Right. Well, before we were this sort of, you know, ragtag bunch of of players that had, you know, come together and done something remarkable, and now you've got this, you've got a new manager coming in who's going right. Okay, well, let's let's build on that and let's have you know these these established players and and kind of you know creating something bigger than than what we had before. Um, and I think uh, I've seen I've seen a few comments. Um, about you know, oh, he's he's trying to dismantle everything that that uh, you know that, that the previous regime put in. It's like, well, not necessarily. You no, know, he's it's, it's trying to it's kind of trying to build on it, you know. And I've seen people saying, well, he's he's obviously trying to get rid of every every signing that Danny ever made. It's like, well, not really. I mean, if you look at what happened with you know with the players that left um, at the end of the season, it wasn't really. I, I don't think it would have been his choice. I mean. The question will obviously come up as to if if COVID wasn't going on, would, would we still have signed any of them in the? You know, we have actually kept any of them in uh, in in that instance. But it's that's kind of a really weird hypothetical where we're we're never going to know that. And I think the fact that you know some of the players have moved on to to other clubs now, I think it's um, th- there's a question to be asked there for sure. But I, I think you know the fact that we're making these signings almost negates that. I think. Yeah, um, Let, but should we should we move on? Well, to, no, because I want to make
1: on. I want to make another point about it. Because I'm not saying that either is right or wrong. By the way, because I think mm-hmm. when you look at Wickham, they're a classic example of um, how a team can keep that. Ethos that we had before and carry it forward. And that's very much what they've done. You know, I think one of the, they, they had Nathan Tyson playing for them. They've got Akin Fenwa, who's still there. Um, they pepper it with decent loan players, but they've kept that and used that as a success. I'm not saying one type or one approach is better than the other. Uh, and picking up on the point about my like Apton wanting to dismantle as much as, of, of Danny's work as possible. I don't think he wants to dismantle Danny's work as much as he wants to start his own work. I do feel that he wants to get rid of as many of the players that were at the club as possible because they're not his type of players. But it's telling that one or two that were at the club haven't been linked with moves away. George Grant, you know, George Grant was mm. probably the signing that came in under Tyler Walker and under um Jack Payne. He was probably rated at the time as a better signing than Joe Morrell.
0: So that Mm. just goes
1: to show you again kind of on reflection when you look back at signings and then how they actually do that fans and pundits get it wrong. Um, But, you know, there's been no trying to get rid of George Grant, no pushing George Grant around clubs from what I understand. Um, Tom Hopper Mm. was a target for Danny and Nicky and Michael signed him. And I know Tom Hopper's got his critics. One of them was me. Um, But he does, you know, there's been no... He was signed by Michael. So I don't think... I, think as, I, I do think, I think as fans and pundits, we will look at what Michael does and we will automatically compare it with Danny. He's trying to get rid of Danny's players. Mm-hmm. He's doing this differently. He's doing that differently. But for Michael, the day dot was the Oxford 6-0. He doesn't give a... Mm-hmm. With the greatest respect, Michael Ableton won't give a toss what happened before he walked in this football club. He walked in a football club that was in League One with a squad comprising predominantly of players that had helped get us out of League Two. Um, Mm. And now he's putting his reputation on getting us eventually into the Championship. But he's not afraid to say we'll consolidate. He's not afraid to say we'll sit in mid-table. He's Mm. doing it his way. Danny did it his way. Time will tell. But as fans, you know, when Liam Bridcutt is one of the players you signed, and I actually think James Jones and Conor McGrandalls were decent signings as well, there's got to be more to come Mm. in. But the sort of people that put that on Facebook, you know, when they say, and another one, or right, that's this in, we need this, this, and this. Yes, of course we do, but the season hasn't kicked off yet. Do you know what I mean? It's like saying, <laughs> it's like me looking in the cupboard now and going, well, oh, bloody hell, we need uh, we need pasta and mince and onions for bolognese. And then my missus is going, but we're not having bolognese until Thursday night. So why are you panicking about it now on Sunday afternoon? So. Well,
0: well we know your tea plans for the week then. I'm um, having roast, yeah, like, roast it, chicken it, it,
1: tonight. Mm, sure oh
0: nice. <laughs> um but yeah, like it it's it's absolutely, you know, what what you said there. I think I I just think it's um you know, the club are very much aware of of the positions that I think we need to fill. Um and if uh, if rumour is to believed, I know Michael Horton has uh has hinted that there is at least another I think probably another two to come in. Um this week if not maybe one more but you know we're looking at um we're looking at a couple more uh a couple more signings um shortly so we'll we'll probably we'll
1: obviously cover those next week when they
0: happen um
1: what do you say uh, would your the club decide. what would your pressing need be right now let's say let's say right now you can choose Two positions, and and it, well, this is crazy because it wouldn't happen, but two positions now to fill, and then we've got to play our first league game. Which two positions would you pick?
0: Um, I would probably say, um, well, a centre-back, I think, is, is needed, and I think potentially one more fullback. Um Not sure, you know, which side. I mean, obviously we've got versatile players that can that can fill in but i would probably say defensively um there's there's potentially a couple more that need to come in and if if i could stretch to a third then maybe a forward but i think yeah overall i think we in terms of the, the players that we need to come in um i think we're looking at a, at least a central defender and and maybe a, a um you know a, a side a side defender christ i've lost all my lost the ability to speak properly uh, be yeah, a a
1: fullback I once went into Halfords uh, and I wanted um, to pump my tyre up and he did an inflator and I did what you did there. I completely lost the um, ability to speak and I asked the guy for a tyre pumper-upper. Um, <laughs> and bear in mind I was driving a company car and had the suit and everything, looked like I knew what I was doing. I asked for a tyre pumper-upper <laughs> like a six-year-old. Uh, if I had to pick two positions... For us to go tomorrow and then play our first league game, I would ask for a ball-playing centre-back. I fear for Kian Bolger. I think that the club will probably look to be playing Lewis Monsma as much as possible. And I believe that Michael will probably bring in a centre-back with a level of experience. I'm talking 25-26, who's comfortable playing the ball out. And if it was absolutely pressing, because I think you could play Melbourne at left-back, uh, play Aaron Lewis at right-back, you've got Teo Eden who can play left-back, um, I'd probably want as a, another keeper. I think midfield-wise we could, we would yeah. be sorted if we kicked off because you've got McGrandles, jo- uh, Jones and, um, and Bridcut. You could play Scully in a 10. I think Michael will want to sign a 10, but I think you could play Scully there. James Jones might play in that kind of advanced midfield role if you've got McGrandles and Bridcut in the holding roles. Out wide, I might like to see another winger. and I'm not convinced yet by Zach Elbizedi. Harry Anderson can play out there. George Grant can play out on the left, though. So you could have Anderson and Grant on either wing. You could have Tom up or up front. But, you know, there's no doubt whatsoever that we're going to need reinforcements up top. Um, interesting that we're not signing a permanent strikers at the minute. I think we will be picking up at least one um, striker or attacker uh, on loan. I think mm-hmm. that's almost certain. I'd be very surprised if Alex Bradley remains with the squad as well, but we shall see how that goes.
0: Okay, um, yeah, I, I know. Uh, obviously, he's um, he, he's done fairly well with uh, getting into the or getting promoted. Um, so
1: didn't play for in yeah. the playoff final or the semi-final, though, did he? Went back to the playoffs, and I didn't did see. He not? I no, was... I don't think he did. I'll have a look, but I don't think he played very many games for them. Okay. Keyboards go, classic uh, classic podcast <laughs> background noise, tap, 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 tap. Uh, Alex, oh, fair Brad- enough. I might be wrong because I didn't actually watch the games. No, Alex Bradley's last game for them was 7th of March, just before lockdown. Played, oh, wow. Okay. T- played 24 games for them, scoring three goals, though. So. Okay.
0: I mean, obviously, you know, that, that's kind of a, I think that was a, a, a project signing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, And I think if you're if you're going to have a project signing, you know I think it's almost a bit it's not quite right to kind of have a a signing that you're going to call a project and then hand it off to somebody else when they come in. So um, yeah, it's we'll we'll see what happens with that one. But um, I mean, in terms of you know, in terms of players that have have come in, obviously we've got you know Liam, but then players that have gone, um, we've had. Two, two confirmed this week, I know obviously one has been sort of away from the club for a while. But um, the the one that I don't want to say was a surprise because I, you know, I think we could all see it. Well, two, two have gone this week actually. So you know, two that you could really say you could sort of see them come in. Um, we had Jack Payne and uh, Ben Coker have both left the club. Uh, Coker's on loan, but he's on loan till the end of his contract. So at that point you know, is that a case of well we're loaning him and then they can have him for free or whatever. But um yeah, I mean you, thoughts on thoughts on them really. I mean Payne is obviously the, the the big the big one to to kind of focus on, I guess. Um we didn't really see much of Coker, but um I was a bit I was a bit disappointed that, that Jack Payne never really fulfilled the promise that uh, that we talked about um at the start of last season.
1: Yeah, I, I think Jack's um I think he's been a huge disappointment for the club um, because I think in those early stages, uh, you know, he showed so much promise, didn't he? And I remember that game, the game against Accrington, and it seems like a lifetime ago now, and it's only, what, a year or so ago. Yeah. But um, that game against Accrington um, last year, the opening game of the season, he was, you know, he was all over the place. He was phenomenal. Um he was uh, then instrumental when we won away at Rotherham. He was brilliant when we beat Southend. You know, four games, four wins. As far as I was concerned, you could put his name on the Player of the Year, a trophy there and then. I don't buy into the um, the illusion that he fell off when Danny left, because I think he was still an influential player in games, for instance, away at Wimbledon where he scored, he got the first goal of the Michael Appleton reign away at Blackpool. So I don't buy that. Um, I just think... I like the idea of Jack Payne, um, but I think he's just that little bit too small. And I know you shouldn't be sizist, but you know if you're going to be a, a small player, you'd be like Dean Keats or be like Diego Maradona. Do you know what I mean? Maradona was strong as an ox. You couldn't knock him off the ball. Mm. With Jack... Give him a couple of knocks and a couple of nudges and get him up against someone that stuck to him like shit to a blanket, and it really limited him. You know he was rattling shots off from all over early doors. I think he had the highest ratio of shots without scoring, and that just tells you something. Was he shooting from positions he shouldn't have done? Yeah, we weren't Mm. we weren't creating enough. That was a massive problem that people were shouting about in the early rain. uh, Michael's early rain, and Jack came in to play number ten to create. Um, you know, mm-hmm. in the, with the right club he'll be a good player but he struggled at Bradford he struggled for us um, I just begin to wonder is he one of those players that's now going to begin to slip down the league and whenever somebody signs him they go he's a talented lad and then he just just doesn't quite make it I'm not sure I can't put my finger on why he didn't if I'm honest
0: mm. Yeah it's um, I, I don't know if there was a confidence thing with him like I know that I think you know. I I said initially that um, I think when when he uh, when he started, I said, well, when he scored, when he does finally hit the back of the net, it'll be an absolute screamer. And it it, it was sort of it wasn't. <laughs> and then I don't think he ever kind of got past that point where you know I think was it two goals that he scored. So yeah. you know I I don't think he ever quite had the had the confidence to shoot from the distance that I think he potentially would have been. Um, you know I. I feel that there was some, it was almost like there was an instruction to, to, you know, to him to say, right, don't, you know, don't shoot from distance. Don't, or, you know, don't try and, you know, pepper shots in or, you know, try. It, it seemed like the, there was almost an instruction for him to play against the way that he felt like he wanted to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's sad to see uh, any player go that's very clearly got talent. Um, but like you say, I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was kind of the um, the right fit um, after, you know, I mean, I will say that I thought, you know, not necessarily that he fell off, but I, I just think he maybe didn't fit into into Michael um, pl- uh plans or style the way that I think he he hoped that he would. Um, and I think it, it was, I think you, we spoke about it before and, you know, we said that he was a, a signing that Danny made to kind of put bums in seats and give people something fancy to watch and, you know, in, in the way that we probably weren't going to, win that many games this season um excuse me as people were used to so it was a case of right well we'll get a player in that can have that flair that can have the you know the excitement but he's not going to be you know 20 goals a season from from midfield kind of position so um yeah it, it is a shame to see him go but hopefully can you know for his career's sake i hope that uh you know the move at swindon is is kind of a bit more suited to him as a player um
1: Remember as well during our interview with Clive, um, Clive said that the model of signing players who we could make a profit on started at the beginning of last season, not when Michael came in. So Jack Payne was one of the players that was meant to fit the model. You know, there's no pressure on Michael to sign 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds. He's just got to sign players that are going to have a resale value. He's the one then choosing where or. Not just him, but the recruitment team are going that direction. Jack Payne was meant to come in, probably score ten goals, get five assists, and be picked up by a Huddersfield or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's played for him before. Further down the line, uh, same with George Grant. So you know he is probably an example of where that model has failed. I, I feel I feel a bit not cheated by it, but I you know I know that Jack Payne was is better than he showed for us last season. And I know that he came yeah. on against Southend and changed the game for 10 minutes, but there was too many games where he gave the ball away and didn't change the game. You know, he cost us a point at Doncaster, remember. Yeah. So, there we go. Yeah.
0: And he also uh, also nearly broke uh, listener Chris's jaw as well with a, an errant shot at, at uh, during training. Did he? Um, which... Yeah, he um I can't remember which game it was, but yeah, the the ball um he, he kind of skewed it and it hit it hit Chris square in the face. Um but you know, to be fair to him, he you know, he, he apologised to him afterwards and he gave him a signed football, so it was, you know, there was something positive that
1: came out of it. Um I'd rather have a signed anyway. shirt. A football's a hard piece of memorabilia to have. It's an odd shape, a shirt you can frame. I've got a signed football that my granddad Passed down to me from the early nineties, and mm. you can't see it because it's wrapped up. But I can't have it out because if it's in the sunshine, the signatures fade. So, Jack Payne, if you're listening, yeah. which you won't be, and you ever hit anyone else in their face, even a you know, even a signed boot can, is 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 better. <laughs> not
0: a signed, not a signed ball. I mean, to be fair as well, it, you know, it probably gave Chris PTSD if he saw the ball as well. He was like,
1: oh no, it's a ball, uh, you know, it's a ball mm-hmm. signed by Jack Payne that he's going to kick at my face.
0: Yeah, Grant, um, Grant
1: Brown smashed me in the face against Ketcher in 2007-08 and he gave me fuck all. <laughs> so Grant, there if you're listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but anyway, obviously the other, the other sort of big former player news uh, this week, uh, we had... Um, both uh, Neil Eardley and um and Michael Boswick signing for Burton. Um I think there was a you know there was a, a hope that was fading by the day that Bosie might be able to to make a return to the club, but um that was kind of extinguished when when Burton signed him. And I think it's I don't know, it, it like I say, there was there was this kind of vague hope that he might come back. Um Not for me. it's it's sad to see him go and I well, I know not from you, but I think um, you know. I think in terms of uh, in terms of you know players when they if and when they do come back to the you know to the club to, to play against us, I think um, when we play Burton, I, I can't you know if there are fans in the ground at that point, I, I don't think there will be anything other than a warm round of applause for for Bozzy and Herds because they were two players that um, I think would have deserved a a decent send off. Um, you know, on on their final game, uh, if we knew it was their final game, and I think they were they were the two players that really I think would have appreciated um, that kind of response from the fans, and you know, uh, and a bit, uh, not an ability, but an opportunity maybe to say you know thanks and goodbye. So yeah, it's it was a bit gutting. I'm not going to lie. You know, I don't think it was any anyone's. Uh, I don't think anyone's under the impression that anybody else was my favourite player at the club. But yeah, you know, for, to see Bozzy go and and kind of disappear for a year uh, to Burton was was a little bit tough to take and it, there was a part of me that was wondering you know it's only it, I say only and obviously a year-long deal at the moment is you know in football is probably something to be uh, to be celebrated but you know the fact that it was a year-long deal at Burton there was a part of me that was thinking surely we could have stretched to that especially now we've started signing players but then you know looking at the news that um, that Brickett's come in this week I think maybe that was the case of well you know we we don't necessarily need bosie now that we've got Bridcut coming in i don't know but yeah it was a bit of a tough one that one um i mean your thoughts on it and i don't know i think you wanted to t- touch briefly on Burton as well
1: yeah my thoughts on that are and bosie left the club months ago and we've spoken about it um you know alex Woodjard and oli Palmer signed for for a club this week as well it's you know i like the former i, I want
0: to i was going to say i want to say on that like um the the fact that you know, Wimbledon have signed Oli Palmer, and they're making him their number nine. It doesn't fill me full of confidence for their season. I'm just going to say that much.
1: Oh, he'll score against us. He'll score against. Oh, us. Oh, he absolutely um, will. And and to be fair, you know, he might do well for Wimbledon if he's learned to head the the ball, um, which I think he has. But you <laughs> know, you, you you get him on, um, you get him and Joe Piggott, They've got up front, Alex. Poole, you know, they're, they're they're one of those workman like teams and. You know they're always there or thereabouts for relegation, but the last two years they've avoided it. So, you know, best of luck to 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 them in games that don't involve us. Um, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, when, when a former player, you know, Jake Jake Caprice signed for Exeter, I think when a former player moves, it's of interest. Um, but I'm not going to start talking about um, talking about it in depth because you know. It is what it is. Players move on and it's hard to accept when it's the end of an era, but there we go. But Burn interests me because they've also got Luke Varney um, training with them. He's 37. And I just think, you know, if Michael thought that we were dad's army when he came in, Jesus, mm-hmm. what about Jay, you know, is Jason Shackle going to turn up there next? Um, it's interesting. Do you know what? And I think it, it reflects, put it this way. We were going into um, kind of Christmas time you know, Neil Eardley was targeted by some fans. You know, it's time to give Aaron Lewis a go. Erdley's losing his pace, and yet when he when he signs somewhere else, it's there's a player we could have kept. You know, and mm-hmm. with the greatest respect, and and you know, my mate Pete mentioned this a couple of times as well. Bozzy played what 18 games last season, so mm-hmm. fitness wise, was he where we needed to be? You know, we're going to be operating. I would have thought on tighter squads. You know, there's going to be lots more games packed into a tight period of time next season as well. And then you said at the top of the programme, you know, who, um, which of the players that are released would we have kept had COVID not kicked in? Well, we were talking to Ellis at Christmas uh, and he hadn't signed the deal. And my understanding is that he's now been offered a lower one and will leave. So you know, we may have made more effort to keep Ellis. But as the days and the months go on and I see who we're signing and I see what Michael's doing, I'm not actually convinced he would have kept anyone bar Josh Rickers.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I know, I think you said before we started recording that, um, you know, I wasn't aware of this, but Josh Vickers is now um, training at Rotherham. Yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think... I wouldn't begrudge, you know, I wouldn't begrudge that at all if, you know, if he were to to make that move um, and to, to sign for them because it's a, that'd be an
1: amazing opportunity for him to play in the Championships. So. Well, wow, possibly as an understudy. Um, what makes me laugh is that, well, jo- yeah. Josh Vickers pulled off that stunning save against Rotherham and he's training with them. Neil Eardley put two crosses in uh, to, for us to beat Burton 3-2 and sides for him. It's literally like, actually, he did well against us. Are these clubs, like, they're not bothering, they're cutting back on the scouting. <laughs> They'll just watch videos of themselves and go, he looks handy. Look at that. do he look good? And, and yeah, whereas, oh, you know, I mean, unfortunately, that's... I don't ever remember us playing uh, a Dutch second division side, so I'm not sure we could say the same about Lewis Monsma.
0: <laughs> no. I was going say, you know, it, it sounds a little bit... Uh... It sounds a little bit like you know play, uh, teams would have watched Tony Battersby back in the day when he needed a contract and say, "Bloody yeah, we've got have got a world
1: beater on our hands." And then uh, go,
0: "Yep, actually, no, he's um, no."
1: Do you know on the version okay. of Championship Manager the season before Tony Battersby signed for us, he was valued at two point two million, and when he joined us because there was the internet wasn't as prevalent at the time, I used to have to go to college to do it. I put Championship Manager on to research the players, and I remember seeing. Like Tony Battersby, two point two million. I think we signed Leo Fortune West at the same time, and I'd seen yeah, yeah. him; he had scored a bag full of goals. I literally I remember looking at it, thinking we're going to the championship. I was on the going up <laughs> juice, as the uh, as the meme says, "Get me a glass of going up juice." And uh, yeah, it didn't quite work out that way, did it? No, I mean,
0: you know, if, if like I say, if they'd have seen him when he was playing for a contract, he might well have been worth 2.2 $2 million. Bit. To, to so, be fair,
1: one or two well. of his goals were worldies, but he was one of those, oh, he yeah. was just, he was one of those players that, you know, you forgot you had him until he popped up, but then he just became increasingly um, devoid of ideas. Although interestingly, you know, he spent quite a while at the club because he actually appeared in Keith's playoff season. O two O three, I think him and Kingsley yeah, Black both yeah. got a run out in one of the early games.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, no, it didn't, it didn't make yeah, any on. sense at all. They were shit. Well, no, I mean, it, <laughs> in terms of the time, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there's also uh, I think the, one of the, the positives of the players that we're signing at the moment is that they would never get mistaken for a mascot and get called offside. Um, <laughs> and,
1: um, That's I, it. Was actually I got mistaken for Battersby, didn't I? Yeah. Well I don't know whether it was yeah. Batsby I got yeah. mistaken for a player so that's that's the linesman's fault as much as anything. Yeah I know. anyway. Um
0: so yeah I, I don't know if there's too much else to to talk about. I know we said that we'd uh, we'd obviously discuss the um the big transfer news of the week. Um I think um yeah I don't think there's too much else to to discuss is there?
1: No, Battersby actually played for Lincoln once in that season against Boston. You know, when we lost 2-0 and Yeo was sent off, he started that yeah. game and then by the October had moved to Boston. Um, no, there's still the writing competition going on. We've had um, we've had plenty of entries at the moment, but not quite enough to fill a book. So um, there's, there's information on my site and I think the club are going to push it again this week. So really keen for people mm-hmm. to write. You know something real about Lincoln City, something that motivates them. Whether it's, you know, a game, whether it's a relationship with, you know, a, somebody that they go with, the fan group. But what, you know, why does Lincoln City mean so much? Um, and that would be well, everything goes to the club from that. You know, the club are going to print the book off, or Amazon will print the book off. It's a great way just to raise some extra money mm-hmm. for the club. So. Certainly get behind that. Everyone that's ordered one of my books, um, they're actually due to arrive tomorrow, which will be Monday. I don't know when this is going out, so I'm going to aim to get those to the post office as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, I think
0: that's it. Yeah, I can't think of anything at the moment. I mean, obviously, like I said, there's there's uh, heavy rumours, shall we say, that there's going to be a couple more signings announced shortly, so we'll no doubt cover those uh, this week. Um, I think we'll we'll try and get one out for thursday or friday this week depending on um you know announcement news um and like i said we've unless one's going out today um then we should be relatively up to date um but yeah hopefully um you know hopefully we'll we'll have some good news to talk about this week um and we will see you guys yeah later thursday friday whenever it will be
1: see you later bye 20th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow you've got your McNugget share boxes on the go your mates already got booked for double dipping but then you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app you in, at participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com this podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network, TalkSport powered by fans